Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I am your host, Mr. Intangibles, a complicated man and a man who will admit when he's wrong, Dan Masters, with my good friend, East Anglian Elliot Friedman, and the leader of Hockey Human Resources, Will Everett. Will, how are you? I'm sure you're good. You also have a cold question for me. I, I'm always good, Dan. I hope, uh, I hope that goes the same for you. A complicated man is maybe a bit of an overstatement there, but that's fine. <laughs> we will find out how complicated your views are on hockey with this question this week, Dan, because <sighs> okay. um, I have almost a it's a compare and contrast. I want to get your yeah, almost an either or. As a Bees fan in uh, 2019, and a, and a man that well, yeah, listeners of this podcast, long time listeners, if if there is such a thing, will know your particular feelings on half of his subject. Dan, who do you hate more, David Backers or Matt Bolesky? <laughs> oh, well, I hope that... Oh, God, I hate you so much. I think if there's any, like you say, if there's any long-time listeners of this show, I feel that Matt Bolesky... Do you know what? I can't hate either of them. It's not their fault that an idiot GM decided to give them all that money. That's not their fault. I am more annoyed at the people who dole these contracts out rather than, you know, David Backus has got, I don't know, how many points for $6 million a season. Well, good on him. As we talked about James Neal the other week and uh, Louis Erickson. Snake it till you make it. Get as much money as you can out of these suckers. So, well done to those guys. I at least feel... Oh, you're going to hate this. You're going to hate this answer so much because it's so me and Mr. Intangibles. And I'm going to use the exact phrasing... I feel at least David Backus is good in the room. <laughs> I think I think that... <clears throat> excuse me, because I this bloody cold. I feel that Matt Bolesky getting his contract, which I think was about 3.8 million, something like that. Something that, like those lines, yeah. yeah too I, too I don't, much at any rate. Yeah, I don't feel that brought anything. At least if he'd brought something. It's it's something. And while he had, I He am, had a 40-point season. He did. He did have a 40-point season once. Sometime, maybe. I don't know. Unconfirmed. At least David Backus. And while I am, it's the eternal struggle with me and hockey and fighting, David Backus has now decided to take on the role of an enforcer. He at least thinks, I have to earn my money. I at least have to do something for this team to earn this $6 million contract, or I'm just not going to play. And I respect that. As much as I can, a guy who's decided, okay, and my my job is to now fight people, a guy who's had concussions as well. So, the answer is Matt Bolesky. It's the answer it's not even close, really. Be... <laughs> yeah, but then, like, it's not his fault. It's not his fault he was given that money. You know, credit him and his agent for getting that deal put together. They must have just ran away from that meeting laughing when it was. You know, we're going to give you three point eight million. And if, okay, then <laughs> are you sure? But in terms of player production and that kind of thing, it's Matt Bolesky. I'd, uh, I'd love to know how many players are in the league at the moment or, or have ever been in the league that think they're not worth their contract, think they know they're being overpaid. Yeah, how many players wake up in the morning and just think, I am robbing a living here, robbing it? <laughs> like, I mean, must he's be not current, but Rick DiPietro and Alexi Ashin probably thought that for a very long time. Yeah, DiPietro definitely. probably still does. Because a lot, do you know of, what? The they might not be thinking. They might not be thinking they're robbing a living. They'll be thinking because they're good hockey boys. They'll be thinking, "I'm not earning my money, and I'm a disgrace to this uniform." That's what they'll think. <laughs> they I mean, won't think not... I'm terrible because I'm robbing a living. They'll be thinking, "I'm a bad person. I'm a disgrace." 
I think not not even that necessarily, but like take exhibit A James Neal at the moment. I don't think yeah, he'll think he's letting down the team and his teammates, but from a personal standpoint he's gotta be thinking, I know I'm better than this, I know I'm worth that money. Yeah. I'd love I'd love for for a player to just we we'll never know. But just to be thinking, God, yeah, I lucked out there, didn't I? <laughs> God, mate. I'm 31, they give me an eight-year deal. What? <laughs> I had one good season where I scored 20 goals at 28, and they give me four <laughs> yeah. and a half million. For the next eight Ooh. years. Some stupid people with a lot of money out there, Dan, and that's the problem. That's the problem. You always In this league, you're always paying for what you've done rather than what you're going to do. In a lot of cases, aren't you? That's what's happened to the um, the Kings. It's finally come back around to haunt them, so to speak. Luckily for the Hawks, Patrick Kane's decided to just go full Super Cyan and he's playing amazing this year. Otherwise, they, they would have been in the same situation. You've been paying Kane. We had a discussion on this show about... Was it in the off-season? We were talking about what the Hawks... They should have traded Kane and Taves at their peak after their third cup and just got an absolute king's ransom for them both. And they probably would have had a, like a, another cup-winning team by now. You could, have, you could have turned them into the Lightning, basically. Yeah, essentially, yeah. What you would have got for them both. But instead, they're now in the playoff hunt because the West is terrible and because Patrick Kane's decided to be Patrick Kane again. Is, is Patrick Kane playing to, a, playing to a $17 million standard where he's paying for both his contract and Brent Seabrook's contract? <laughs> maybe, maybe. To be fair to the Hawks as well, that that uh, we've got off topic here, but just to give a GM some credit, that trade with Arizona is now is paying off in spades, isn't it? Alex oh, to Brinker and you know oh, that's mate. God. We talked about their Dylan stats, Strode. didn't we? Was it the OHL they play together? AHL, OHL, uh, OHL, yeah, OHL, yeah. Sorry, yeah, not the AHL. Christ, yeah, they played in the OHL, and we, you know, their stats were just a joke, weren't they? And we just said, can you imagine if they can do anything like this in the NHL? And they are <laughs> becoming amazing. Is, is Dylan Strome sniffing around fifty points, or am I making things up to sound interesting? He might be. Let's go and have a I'm let's a, have a quick I'm, wander over I'm, there and have I'm a look. No matter what his what his numbers actually are, he's playing fantastic, and he I'll tell you now he's definitely putting up putting up points. So funny that you know you give a guy a bit of time, and he actually develops into the player you thought he might be. Forty four points in forty eight games. That's just like just outrageous, Bonkers. just outrageous. And I don't think it's not like he's been staple to Patrick Kane all, all the time. No, not um, at all. Not at all. He's he's played a lot with Debrinka and Debrinka's having a fantastic year. I think he's about to hit forty goals, definitely on the on the way to do so. I mean, it hasn't it's it's not been a particularly great season for for the Hawks this year, but they've had some real bright spots, real bright spots. As I was saying to you, we were talking. Just, these are links before you start laughing, but we were talking about drafting players in NHL nineteen before we came on the show, <laughs> and I just said to you. I just do. I look at scouts and I look at potential in comparison of players. And if they've scored a ton of goals or got a ton of assists, I draft them. I don't care what position they are in the draft. And that's Alex Debrinka. People were like, oh, well, he's only like five foot eight or five foot nine. Like, dude, he scored about 500 points or something stupid in about 300 games. Just take him. He's scored so many points. That's the whole idea of hockey. Just score loads more points than anyone else. But, you know, there's still this mentality of, oh, he's not a big guy, is he? Who gives a shit? He scored so many points and he scored so many goals. In um in Dylan Strome's last year in the OHL, 
he uh, he was limited to 35 goals. This is his draft plus two, his, his age 20 season. Uh, 35 games, sorry, through, uh, through injury. Any any stab at how many points he got in 35 games? Do you know what? I remember this because I remember it being more than two a game. Wasn't it like 72 or something like that? Yeah, you're not far off. 75 points <laughs> in 35 games. Just, <laughs> just a just fucking stupid. piss take, isn't it? It's stupid, isn't it? And to be honest, you look at his numbers while he's with the Coyotes, it's not even that bad. He had what? He had one point in seven games um, that season, just a little run at the end of the season after his junior year finished. Then he had nine in 21 last year. And this year before he's traded, he had six in 20. So it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't great. But for a, for a guy who, prior to the trade, had had less than 50 NHL games played, it's just... Mate, I think. But yeah, compared if, to now, if he if he carries on at the pace that he's scoring at the moment for Chicago, this is going to look like one of the worst trades for a long time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's why to round this off, I think it's Matt Bolesky. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to bring it back round. Yeah. All right. Should we start the show? Probably should. everybody it's that time of the week it's the smooth recap happy 42nd birthday to ice hockey's answer to robert wadlow said dano chara the old slovakian bear of hockey showed he still has the freaky strength when needed as he stick lifts blake wheeler's twig into outer space the spectral swede john klingberg has joined revered company in becoming the sixth fastest d-man to record 200 career assists Klingberg's 355 games ranks behind only Brian Leach, Gary Suter, Sergei Zubov, Chris Chelios and Jeff Norton. Having lots of helpers can only be a good thing. Channeling his inner Willy Wonka, Jonathan Huberdeau records his 55th assist of the season, a Florida Panthers and Chocolate Factory franchise record. In prospect news, team phenom Matthew Savoir has given the twos up to junior hockey and committed to the NCAA's University of Denver after having his exceptional status application rejected by the WHL. Here's to a long and petty career for the young man. Safari news now, and congrats are in order to one of the most productive striped horses ever, as zebra Brian Murphy officiates in his 2000th game. Let's hope they presented him beforehand with a shiny silver whistle. Also filed under prospects this week, college hockey and up yours, is news of Joseph Ciccone signing an ELC with the Dallas Stars. This comes less than a year after the player's own mother sent a tweet hinting at the possibility of him exploring free agency. These millennials can't stop disrespecting their parents. Like a team of gymnasts that only practice a floor routine, their records are constantly tumbling in Tampa. Alex Colon's hat-trick means we have the most since 2000-2001. The Lightning are the second fastest team in history to win the President's Trophy, and playoff game 7 vanisher Steven Stamkos has now scored the most goals ever for the Bolts. Man, when they don't win the cup, it's going to be something. Something else that would be disrespectful 
It can come from many sources, one of which being your coach, a fact that Eunice Donskoy learned after Pete Boer scratched the fin last week against the Predators. Scratches aren't, aren't uncommon, but this really must sting as it was Donskoy's bobblehead night. The first rule of Fight Club is, you don't talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. New York Rangers players Chris Kreider and Brendan Lemieux must have been discussing the underground fight scene though, as both received gave misconducts against the Canucks. Tyler is very upset. Finally, Brandon Manning was a healthy scratch for one of his games last week. Perhaps unsurprising for the bottom pairing defenceman, except that Manning was eating press box nachos for the Bakersfield Condors of the AHL. Praise be to Chiarelli. And that was a smooth recap. Oh, poor Jonas Donskoy. Oh, terrible. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> On his like, bobblehead you, night. Oh. You're, you're a good enough player to be deserving of a bobblehead. But eh, now I'm going to scratch you. Oh, that's <laughs> that is so fucking rude. It's like the Sharks are fighting for a playoff space either. Just fucking give him one game. <laughs> Fine. You want, to bench him, like, you want to bench him for the rest of the time? Fair enough, but come on, man. <laughs> I, I don't know who he was benched for as well, but like I can't imagine they're much better than Don Scott. He's, like, he's, he's a good player. God, talk about sending a message to your players. Fucking ass. He's fucking like, I do not give a fuck. I will scratch you if I think I, if I want to scratch you. It's <laughs> fucking cold-hearted, mate. It is cold-hearted. Who would have thought it? Pete DeBoer. Cold-hearted. Fucking hell. Um, Dan, before we move on, um, yes. who was that person you compared Chara to? Because I've never heard of him. Robert Wadlow. He was the tallest man who ever lived. He was 8 foot 11. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dude, the other week, do you know why, do you know why his name was in my head? Because uh, my daughter said to me, who is the biggest person ever? So I said, do you mean fattest or tallest? And she said, tallest. I said, oh, okay. I said, and I knew the name. I said, oh, it's Robert Wadlow. She said, how tall is he? I said, he's 8 foot 11. And she just looked at me like, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, oh, sorry, sorry. So we went to the stairs. So she stood at the bottom oh, yeah, of the stairs guy. and I measured up. It's it, Dude, if you've not measured 8 foot 11, holy fuck, you've got to measure it and then just look up. It's ridiculous <clears throat> that a human imagine. being could be that big. So one of my close friends is like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and even that's pretty, um, yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. Mate, yeah, I, 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 I had a... Oh, yeah, but Wadlow, yeah. I implore everybody listening, if you have a tape measure anywhere near you or to hand in your house anywhere, get your tape measure out, measure 8 foot 11 and just stand it on end at the top of your stairs and look down and sort of, I don't know, maybe outside your window or something if you can, measure 8 foot 11 and just look at it and just, that was a real human being. It's insane how tall he was. It's insane. He's taking a piss really, isn't he? Completely. Completely. All right. Who's winning the cup? Dan, you know, by now there's only one team... Or person, yeah, person who's deserving of winning the cup this year. It's young Asher Collier. It can't be, can't be anything else. As in what's turned into our Blue Peter feel-good segment of the week, uh, Ash Collier. For those who don't know, is a young three-year-old. I believe he, he he's uh, going through some troubles himself. Unfortunately, poor young man. He was signed by the Predators to a uh, to a two-day contract. Yeah. For. Uh, you know, no monetary value, unfortunately. But as as the Mastercard advert says, that's priceless, isn't it? It is. I did have that. Uh, I did have Asher Collett in my starters, but as we said, it is the feel good moment of the week, as we seem to have now. Yeah, he has. He has got it. He has. Cere- he has cerebral palsy and short bowel syndrome, which just oh, sound fucking almighty. awful. 
awful. And same thing again. Just, oh man, kids, I just I can't deal with it anymore. <clears throat> my my black heart just melts every single time. It's it's <laughs> it's just it gets to me every time. I can't deal with it. It's, it's very off brand. All these uh, all these kids. <clears throat> Well, unfortunately, I went for a sensible hockey choice this week. Oh. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm going for Vegas. Why don't you? Oh, yeah, Vegas. Vegas Ooh. now. Mark Stone, since he got there, they are 9-1-0, and out shooting teams 42-22. to They're a juggernaut right now. And do you know what? As we track back here, I understand now why Pete the Boar was scratching Jonas Donskoy. Calgary and San Jose do not want to play Vegas in the first round. Absolutely not. They are terrified now of getting Vegas. Well, rightly, rightly so. Have you seen the with and without use for for Mark Stone? Yeah, it is. Just, he had he had like over seventy percent, you know, shot share and stuff like that. It's just it's offensive, absolutely offensive. The guy's taking a piss. Like I said, like I said, when he got traded, I think he for some reason he was almost underrated by some people. He just didn't seem to be one of those names that people would always go to. Like, who'd you pick in your team? Or you know, nobody would ever say I'd have Mark Stone. But God, since he's got to Vegas, just. Absolutely ridiculous! Absolutely ridiculous. Okay, which is which is so okay. funny because you think he's playing in the capital of Canada, like big, well, not a big Canadian market, but a Canadian market. Um, and so he's getting factually more true. It is, it is a Canadian market. That's right. De- definitely <laughs> legally listed as a Canadian yes. market. Yes, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Like how he's, he's gone to the desert and gained more notoriety. Who's getting relegated? I'm going to relegate uh, an entire organisation, not a um, not a not a hockey organisation, but yeah. uh, the NBC. NBC are getting relegated for uh, their tweet about Mike Trout. Have you ever seen this tweet there, Dan? I have not. I am well aware who Mike Trout is, and I'm. Are you, are you aware of the size of his deal, Will? That he's uh, I, I most certainly am. Mike Trout has got what four hundred thirty million dollars over however many years it is. That's right, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim baseball player, 12, million, 12 years, $430 million. Which is absolutely crazy. And the reason that I'm going to relegate NBC for this is because of a tweet that their Twitter account sent out, unsurprisingly, not their Tumblr account, pointing out the fact that Mike Trout's new deal is equal to or more than the estimated value of eight NHL teams. <laughs> Which is a crazy stat in itself, <laughs> but to have that pointed out by your TV partner is a bit of a slap in the face, really. I think. Funnily enough, the the tweet has since been deleted, so maybe Gary wasn't too happy about that one. Well, I'm sure Gary can negotiate a fantastic new contract where games are blacked out all the time and people can't just watch them on the app the next day, should they feel like. <laughs> I think it would have been good to point out that um, whatever percentage I, I don't know what the deal is between NHL and NBC, but I think Mike Trax' contract is. At the very least, a sizable chunk of the money yeah. that the NHL are getting from from our beloved TV partners. It's taken me this long, Will, to scratch this team this season. I don't feel like I've scratched, uh, I've relegated them before. Sorry, not scratched, relegated them before. But it's about time. I'm going to relegate the Maple Leafs of Toronto and Sportsnet. Ah, yeah. Unfortunately, they're they're uh, yeah they're leaking goals like my brain leaks important information. The backup goalie's calling them out. They lost 6-2 to the unparalleled success machine that is the Ottawa Senators. Kyle Dubas, in a move that shows he's been completely gotten to by fans, decided to go to Twitter to post a cartoon, which was two paths. The left path was full of people, and they were choosing the side that said simple but wrong. And the right path was a few people 
but they were choosing complex but right, which showed that Kyle Dubas is saying, trust the process. I may be doing crazy things right now, but they're the right crazy things. And then in an amazing comeback tweet, Pierre Lebrun had a reply to it, which said, hey, Kyle, that right side looks a bit weak, which I thought was, I mean, chef's kiss, just just absolutely perfect. That is... um. That's not going to make you any friends in uh, in in Kyle's Fortnite gang or whatever they're called. <laughs> Kyle's Fortnite gang. <laughs> there you go. Squad. Squad is Kyle's Fortnite gang. For. Oh no, Kyle's Fortnite gang is brilliant. Kyle's Fortnite gang. And then I wish my name was Kyle. Can I just say that um, oh, well. Garrett Garrett Sparks, and I, I assume the the unnamed backup goaltender for for Toronto. Uh, um, yes, yeah, Sparks. It was. Yes, calling out his team. Yes, he is in no. No situation to be calling anybody out. Did you see the goal he conceded last night? I did indeed. Oh, mate, Casey Mittelstadt is still laughing to this day, almost 24 hours later. And this was the problem, wasn't it, at the start of the season, when they let McElhaney and... Oh, he was the other guy. They let two goalies go, didn't they, at the start of the year? Well, they didn't let them go. They put no, them on waivers and they both just... got picked up. Oh, Pickard. Just like, yeah. Pickard, that was it, yeah. I forget about and that. And they said... Calvin Pickard um, nonsense earlier. And I think they... And everyone said that I don't think the Leafs realised that they were both going to get taken. They thought that one of them would sneak through. So now they did what they always do, which is they're riding Freddie Anderson to death. And he's awesome. But by the time he gets to the playoffs, he's just fucking knackered or broken down. And then obviously Mike Babcock came out, didn't he? And was making statements, criticising management, saying things like, well... You would hope that we'd have sort of the players available to put a good team together, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, dearie me, not good. Shots fired across the bow already by Mr. Babcock. Yeah, it's going to be um, going to be an interesting tenure with uh, with him and Dubas working directly with that buffers in the shape of Lamorello or Hunter between them. Do you want to do you want to hear my hot take for the pre for the postseason already? Um, yeah, of course. You ready for you ready for this? All right, Toronto goes out in the first round to Boston. Not as soon as that happens, no, that's not no, that's not the hot take at all. It, possible, might happen. Not saying it will, but this is what I'm thinking. They do. Who's your coach for next year at the Leafs? And Mr. Joel Quenville. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it because <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think Shanahan had let Dubas fire Babcock. <laughs> dude, dude, if they go out in the first not, round not to Boston again, not this early, mate. If they go out in the first round to Boston again. I don't know, dude. It's not. It's not going to be a good look at all. But I think Shanahan would give Babcock at least another year, if not probably longer. To be honest. Yeah, but then if Dubas, if Dubas is feeling the, if like we saw with Chiarelli, if Dubas is feeling the pressure from the fans immediately after the play, if they go out in the first round, it's not just Babcock who's going to get questions or the players. It's going to be everybody in the organization. Dubas is going to get questioned, and if the if he feels that pressure enough, and he's like, shit, all right, fuck it. Mike has to go so I can at least try and stay a bit clean on this side. I tell you, man, are we really, when the chips are down, are we, people start eating each other. Are we 74 games into Dubas' tenure and we're already comparing him to Pete really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Imagine. Imagine we're like five, ten years from now, we're talking about Carl Dubas and he's the new Pete really. <laughs> mate, I, I, as, as part of doing this, I try and check... I will randomly just check Twitter feeds of teams all the time if things are happening. So when Anaheim were obviously struggling, like right, I'll go in and see what their you know see what fans are saying on their feed. When when a picture for Kevin Hayes, how did the fans react? I'll just go and have a look. 
there are people on Leafs Twitter already questioning Kyle Dubas. I said this the other week. They were questioning him the other week with, with the Nylander situation. Saying like, oh my God, you know, how has it taken him this long? Just get him signed. What's the big deal? Like, just get him signed. Can you not sign him? Promising us all he's, he's going to sign these players and he's still not done it. And now the Marner contract's coming up. And even on them, people are saying like, you know, Marner should be signed by now. Lou would have signed him. Lou would have had him all locked up by now. Like, dude, it's not it's not me. Like, you know, whatever. Like, Leafs fans already. They're already making questions out of it. Yeah, but people are idiots. So that's a problem. I mean... 100% factually correct you are sir and I will not disagree with you but I'm just telling you what I've seen That's, I, I can't deny it I can't deny what you've seen as much yeah. as I'd like to <laughs> yeah exactly exactly okay how many starters you got this week um, I've got one and one one start one scratch keeping it um, one start one yeah, scratch we're going, we're going minimalist you ready You ready for this as, as oh, yeah. the man with the blackest heart on this podcast out of the two of us I haven't got a single scratch this week God, check you out mate there was nothing that nothing. I'm a I'm a go by your gut kind of guy, so when I'm sort of scrolling through Twitter or looking at articles, if I see something, I go, "That's it, that's going in." Nothing got me this week for a scratch. I have zero scratches, unbelievable. But I've got three starters, so I'll I'll do I'll do mine first. I feel uh, I feel you might not um, agree with one of my scratch. Well, with my scratch, so we'll uh, we'll have a we'll have a look. It might be enough scratch for everyone. <laughs> might be a scratch off. <laughs> okay. My first starter, I did have, as I said, I did have Asha Collier signing his contract with the Preds. That was amazing. But then I had three others. Did you see Evgeny Malkin's backheel flick of the puck with his skate oh, mid-game? Oh, Christ, yeah, I did. That was quality, wasn't it? Fucking ridiculous. Shout out to a tweet from at G underscore off 817, who tweeted out the, the gif. And if you've not seen it, the uh, it was in the Penguin zone, or maybe, maybe just at the Penguin's blue line, and the puck was played to Malkin, and he let the puck run through his leg and then flicked it with his skate to the player behind him, a la Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. Absolutely ridiculous. And I'm, sh- I, I'm sure we said earlier on in this podcast life, I wonder at what point players are going to start using their skates more to do things. Because you can, obviously you can't score, well, obviously not intentionally score with it, but at what point we're going to start seeing players using it to just deflect off or play it as a pass or... and. Malkin's already started. An unbelievable piece of skill. Absolutely, absolutely beautiful. There's uh, nothing I like more than uh, seeing that sort of thing. That sort of extra skill, especially where our two worlds collide, young Daniel. Ah, oh, we love worlds colliding. We love it. Okay, what's your starter? You the, your, your first one. I'm starting a sign. Well, a photo. A photo of a sign. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, this photo, Dan. It's a photo of a sign in a bin, and I'm just trying to get it up verbatim. <laughs> okay. Oh, and he hasn't even bookmarked it. What a knob. What a knob. The gist of the... Uh, I forget the exact word, and I'm very sorry for this. But it basically says, playoff hopes are still alive, let's go Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's in the fucking bin. It was so good. It was, was it in the bin after they lost to the Devils? Yeah, I think week. it was. It must have been. It must have been. It's just one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my entire life the Devils by the way who didn't have Taylor Hall playing in that game either it wasn't even like they had a good team out they were just a, like just a bad Devils team and they still beat the Oilers to, uh, to really hammer home just how depleted that Devils team was I know there was some unknown player who got the uh, who played the most ice time of the forwards for the Devils and I can't remember what his name was <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that guy I know that guy 
<laughs> yeah, some some dude who I'd never heard of before then and can't remember now. So um, yeah, I may never hear of ever again. I hope so. Oh, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just... That's my um. Never play like that's the only NHL game <laughs> yeah. he plays. That's like twenty-two minutes against the others and it just disappears forever. <laughs> Goal or two assists. Yeah. I'm going to start uh, the Mike Hoffman revenge game against the Sharks where the San Jose fans were so great as to put Hoffman 68 on a giant Sharks jersey oh, for the three hours he spent there in the, <laughs> in the summer. And then he went to, and then he went to them and he, got the, and he got the sign off them and said, can I have it? And they were like, yeah, of course you can. I like that. I think that's very good. I, I love the idea of uh, yeah, Mike Hoffman, Hoffman not being in the loop of, oh, the, the Sharks are going to trade him on to, to somewhere else. So, like, he's just found out. He's like, right, I better get on it straight away so I can I can get to San Jose and, and sort all my stuff out. Like, he books some flights, arranges, like, a moving van, starts packing his house up, and, like, two hours later, he's like, oh, yeah, fuck, I've been traded to the Panthers. Yeah. <sighs> I love it. Three hours, three hours and they did him a huge jersey. Great work. <clears throat> Excuse me. My last starter this week is, I mean, could maybe be a scratch as I was so impressed by this ability. I almost felt lesser of a person for not being able to do anything like this. Did you see the Avs fan doing a backflip? No. In this fucking hell. So I actually talked to this. I actually talked to this girl on Twitter, Jessica Rose. Hello, Jessica. At Jessica Rose 1722 on Twitter. So obviously, you know, they have signs around the glass. Can I have a puck? It's my birthday. Can I have a stick? It's my birthday. That kind of thing. Yeah. She had a sign up saying, ah, who was it? It was to an abs player anyway. But she said, whatever the abs player was, I'll do a backflip for a puck. She then stands in between the glass and her seat and does a fucking backflip. Jesus Christ. Not not like hands to feet either. Straight over. Like foot over to feet. Ridiculous. Now, if I was doing that, if I could do that, if I did it in an open field, I'd be thinking, hang on a minute, one slip here, my dinner for the rest of my life will be soup through a straw. This girl does it like in between the glass and the seats. <laughs> oh my God, what are you doing? Don't you? Like in, Unbelievable. In such a tight space, I'd be worried about picking up a drink, let alone doing a fucking backflip. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're at the cinema and you, got the, you bend down to pick up your drink and think, oh, fuck it, if I spill this now, it's game over. No, this girl does a backflip in between the seats and the glass. Unbelievable. Jessica Rose, shout out to you. Amazing. Power to you, Jessica. There we go. Mate, and yeah, fantastic. just your one scratch, as, as I as I have no scratches. I, uh, again, I, I'm not sure you're going to like this, because it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's targeted. Some, Hang on a something, Two things that you hold near and dear oh, are, are involved in, a, in this scratch, Dan. Go on. Or at least it's triggered by two things you hold near and dear. I'm going to scratch the appearance of random celebrities at NHL games. Because I've fucking had enough. I've had enough. <laughs> Dude, I had this on the run sheet as well. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so Go on. Conor McGregor was at, um, was at the Bruins versus the Blue Jackets this past week. He was. He was. And he got, in, he got some great antics. Some absolutely great antics. You know, his... It was Conor being it was Connor being Connor, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It, it, McGregor being McGregor, not McGregor being McDavid, because that would be a very, very different pump-up speech and the rest that'll, of it. <laughs> that'll be something else. His his antics in, in Arena were fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely in love with yeah, that, that bit where he's done handshakes after dropping the puck. Yeah, it says, good luck to Cam Atkinson. 
and then turns to <laughs> turns to Chara and says, "Oh, put him through the fucking net," um, <laughs> in his beautiful Irish accent. Fantastic. I mean, e- even his pump up speech to before the game in the locker room, it was decent enough. What I'm not here for is him then going on the broadcast in between bloody intermissions, not really knowing what he's talking about, <laughs> and just sounding like an idiot. But no. <laughs> this is you doing that no thing again. Mm. I do feel though, if you can introduce celebrities to games like this, a it increases. I hate to say it, I get it, but we live in a hockey bubble, as we've just discovered. Fucking the t- the, the the television station that runs the show thinks that this league is a bit funny sometimes when baseball players are getting paid more than actual teams are worth. You have to increase the profile of the game. You still do. Sorry, I'm sorry, hockey fans, but it, it's, the profile of the game still has to be brought up. It's just not there. Conor McGregor, undoubtedly the most well-known UFC star ever, I would say. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. If you're in the UFC bubble, no. There's obviously, obviously better ones. That's fine. Maybe Brock Lesnar. But Conor is an absolute A-list megastar. So to get him a hockey game is kind of a big deal. And I think, and if he then becomes a fan of it, if he then becomes a fan of the team, maybe if the Bruins do something in the postseason, he might tweet something out. Maybe that'll make someone think, oh, maybe I'll catch a game. Connor's watching it. Maybe I'll watch it. Whatever. I don't mind it too much when celebrities do stuff like that. Like having Snoop Dogg do the thing for the Kings. It was amazing. That was so much fun. So then maybe somebody watched it and thought, oh, cool. Snoop likes ice hockey. Maybe I'll watch some ice hockey. Now, I actually will disagree with you in that I thought his pump up speech was incredibly cringy. <laughs> This is it. Like I'm, I'm reluctant to say that it was any good, but I'd rather see him do that than what he did on the intermission. I don't know. I didn't hate the intermission thing that much. No, because he's not. Go on, go on. You make your case. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I just that was the cringy side of it for me. Like the pump up thing is is cringy, full stop. And like that's it was always going to be that way. You know what I mean? Like pump up. Pumping, getting a rando in to pump the team up is cringy and the way that Conor McGregor does that is cringy so that was almost unavoidable that was not to be not to be unexpected getting him on the broadcast is just like you don't need that he's already performed his service like you've already seen McGregor there doing doing his sort of antics and, and all that sort of thing being McGregor I don't need him going on and repeating over and over again like you're the enforcers and like just nonsense that has nothing to do with anything. I understand what you're saying, but if they hadn't if they hadn't got him talking in between intermission, there would have been people who said, Why couldn't he talk between intermission? They, people would have complained about that and said, Why wasn't he doing anything? Like what is he too important to talk to people or is he too important to talk about the game or I don't think he pretends to he doesn't pretend to know anything about the game, does he? But that's just how no. he look, let's be honest. When he walked into that fucking locker room, he looked like he'd been swimming in Pablo Escobar's coat line pool, didn't he? He'd clearly snorted something about 20 seconds, allegedly, about 20 seconds earlier, and then just gone storming into that room. All right, you boys, here we fucking go. Like, okay. Because the players were like, what the fuck is happening right now? The players were just looking at him thinking, what the hell? What's going on? He's like stomping all over the logo. I'm surprised he wasn't dragged out of the room for that. Someone stepping up to, to McGregor, like, uh, mate, you can't step on the logo. <laughs> yeah, don't stand on that logo. Where, where, where was David Backers then? <laughs> You're right, I've changed my mind. He's not earning his money. What a shambles. <laughs> answer me this, though. Answer me this, though. Was it not all worth it 
for Marshan scoring the OT winner and then doing the Conor McGregor strut. Oh, that, that was crazy. That was good. That was good. That I was did so like that. good. To be fair, let's call it is it's, it's the Vince McMahon strut. It's not the Conor McGregor strut. He stole that off Vince. So, but that's fine. That was amazing. That was amazing. Well, that that begs the question: When are we going to get McGregor versus McMahon in the UFC? Oh God, I'll be I'll be amazed if Conor's not at WrestleMania one day. I'll be amazed. I just like Ronda Rousey has did. been, hasn't he? Or am I making no, that up? No, definitely not. Definitely not. He's way too big a star for that at the moment. People like that do wrestling when they've got no other options and they they know they can just make a fortune for like two hours work. And it's you know not even. Well, obviously it's still a workout, but it's not getting your face pounded in like you would in a US uh, in a UFC yeah, fight. Yeah, and he wouldn't he wouldn't do like he's not going to do like long matches or anything. He'll just walk out, do something for five minutes, and then probably fuck off and get paid five million dollars or something. Yeah, shout some stuff about bloody Roman Reigns or whatever and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right then, there we go. We have to we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. I think. <laughs> I feel like I should be the tag brother of the show. It's, it's getting worse you know what, as well. Yeah, but I like it. I like the fact we have discussions like this. I like the fact we have we can agree to this. Dude, there are some podcasts I listen to where the, the two hosts, I mean, maybe it's because they're just very similar people, but they just never seem to disagree on anything. And I just think, do you, neither of you have your own opinion about anything. It's just one person makes a point and the other one goes, oh, I can't believe it. I kind of agree with that. Whereas me and you all, shut the fuck up. You're wrong. <laughs> You're a prick. You're completely ingrained. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's get on to the news. Let's first shout out the Minnesota Whitecaps winning the Isabel Cup. Left circle. Whitecaps win the draw. Oh, right through the five-hole stack line! Whitecaps win the Isabel Cup championship! Just, just 49 seconds in. Minnesota, you have a champion! Celebrate! The crowd they beat the Buffalo Buttes 2-1 in OT. Lee Steckline scores the game winner 49 seconds in. I thought it was a, a very smart move. They they streamed the game for free on Twitter. And just a quick shout out to the ladies who put in all the effort like the guys do without getting hardly any reward or recognition. And in most cases, sometimes having to threaten to go on strike or go on strike to get basic wages and things like that. So well done to the Minnesota Whitecaps. Congrats. Yeah, fantastic. And and you're absolutely right. The great idea was to stream it on Twitter because you get it out to so many people and for free. And to, to Twitter's credit, you know, I don't know how it goes for people who don't follow any hockey Twitter, but it's quite prominent and quite promoted by the, the app and the website itself. So that's fantastic. And the, and the other side of women's hockey, uh, CWHL have got the Clarkson Cup final this Sunday. Yes, yes March. they do. Yeah. That's also going to be live streamed on Twitter. 12 Eastern... Uh, so that's 5pm GMT and I want to say 10am PST. I'll let you uh, you West Coast people do the maths yourself as we so often have to over here in Britain. Yeah, we've been doing it for years so you can do it on your own. It's fine. Yeah, the least you can do is uh, is work out your own bloody time zones, you fucking arse. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do they have to, how does that work on Twitter? Do you have to, if you're streaming something for free, do you have to pay to do that? So, like, to stream uh, the Isabel Cup, did they have to pay to do that? Or can it, because it's Twitter, can you just set up a feed and just go? How does that I work? Just, I think you just set up a feed and go, because there's, there's Paris. Actually, do you know what? There, which is, Actually, like, part of Twitter. Yeah, I can't say it, but thinking about something that's happened very recently where somebody streams something for free, yes, of course you can. You can just stream it for free, can't you? That makes yeah. sense. The, the yes. difference okay. with this, to bring it back to something a little less horrific, yes. um, 
you know, thought, thoughts with everyone affected by the horrendous incidents in, in New Zealand, which we will not give any more press to. Um, the, where it's promoted by Twitter themselves, I'd imagine there is some sort of payment gone from, from the, the NWHL and the CWHL to Twitter to have yeah. it more promoted. But yeah, anyway, you, know, you and I could, we could stream our bloody five-a-side games through Periscope. Do the NH do the NHL subsidise? I'm sure doesn't the NHL subsidise those leagues in some way, or at least one of them? I'm no, sure I've there last year. is talk. Uh, a couple of NHL teams are partnered up with various teams, like the yes, um, that was it. Metropolitan yes. Riveters, uh, supported yeah. by New Jersey Devils. I can't think of any other strict um, partnerships like that off the top of my head. But there's a fantastic interview with Cassie Campbell Pascal on 31 Thoughts podcast, I think a couple of weeks ago. And yes. she's talking about the future of women's professional hockey and um, how, to summarise, go and listen to the interview because it's fantastic. Cassie really knows her stuff. She's a legend of the women's game, legend of yeah, the, the entire game itself. The idea is the NHL will thoroughly get involved with the women's game on a professional level once the two two leagues are combined and then we'll end up with like a WNHL type thing. Yeah, they got to do it, haven't they? they got to do it. And it's cra- it's crazy for, I mean, Christ, these girls don't ask. These, these girls aren't asked for much, are they? Do you know what I mean? Can we, if you're using your practice facility on, I don't know, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, can we have it on the Tuesday and the Friday or something? Can we just use it for like an hour or something? Just get, just get women's teams partnered up like an AHL affiliate. Just get them partnered up with men's teams, because you don't and they don't all need to be in it straight away. You don't need 32 women's teams. That's fine. But just get like 10, 12, 13, 14 women's teams in. Get them partnered up with NHL teams. And then like cross-promote it and all kinds of shit. I mean, the amount of fucking money that we seem that we keep saying, like there's a war chest somewhere of just millions and millions of dollars that Gary Bettman's just sat on doing nothing with. Just just throw that league like $5 million or something. Just, you know, it's it's not difficult. Just help, it'll help grow the game. Get girls into the game. Because if a girl suddenly realises she likes watching women's ice hockey, now you might have another male ice hockey fan or something like that. It's in your interest to promote women playing these games. It's just... Uh, it's very crazy. But anyway, you, you at know least it's growing be, a little bit. You know what would be absolutely beautiful? And Go on. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to float the idea and um, get any hopes up because it's almost certainly never going to happen. But imagine if when negotiation starts for the next uh, CBA... The NHLPA uh, yeah. puts a clause in there about right. We want some, you know, uh, whatever the percentage is of the hockey-related revenue to go towards the women's game. That'd just be incredible, wouldn't it? It'd be so good. Just, just shave a bit off. Because that, like, that's like what they need. Two percent, three percent, anything. Just help these girls out. Like whatever they get off of escrow, which is you know the big sticking point for the next uh, next CBA and potential lockout give that to the women's game because the women's game doesn't yeah it might need some help infrastructure wise but it doesn't need bloody Gary Bettman and Bill Daly to swoop in and teach them how to do hockey like, yeah exactly you know, the these girls are already playing are, because they love it they're not playing because they're going to make 10 million dollars a year off it and the, the people running the leagues are already doing a fantastic job yeah exactly but they just need a bit of infrastructure and a bit of a bit more money to to sort of float them up and, and take them on to the next level. So, high hopes for the future of the women's game all around the world. Absolutely. And it is good because, to be fair, 
if we'd have done this five years ago, I wouldn't have even heard of any women's teams or noticed anything. Great move by Twitter putting it on. I now sort of, there was more people in my feed, in my normal feed in Twitter and the Two Bits One Puck feed who were talking about the women's game and things that are happening. Having the girls at the All-Star game, great thing. So at least we are progressing. We are progressing. We are getting there. So there are good things happening. It's a, a step in the right direction, Dan. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of steps in the right direction and good things, Elias Pettersson is without question going to be the rookie of the year, correct? To the net, stick on the ice alertly. Elias Pettersson has his 61st point of the season. The second assist on the go-ahead goal, and the Canucks have a new rookie record. He should be. He is the rookie of the year. Why do you even groan then? Like, what? (laughs) Do you think someone's going to vote for someone else? Jordan Bennington, mate. Don't. It's going to be no. it's going to be the Kucherov effect again. Oh, do you reckon? Pettersson's been too good for too long. People are all about <laughs> jokes. That, like all, all jokes aside, like the shine has worn off it. He's he's just a good player now. He's just a great player. Whereas Jordan Bennington, it's happened more recently. Fresh in the memory. It's a bit more shiny where you can look at the stands and be like, oh, without Jordan Bennington. St. Louis were here and now they're here. Whereas, you because know, of him, Elias Pettersson being incredible is just part of the um, part of the furniture now, isn't it? I suppose set the record this week, didn't he, for most points ever in Canucks franchise by a rookie. I mean, when you look at a couple of the names on the list, you're like, "Oh shit, they're they're quite good players." I think this this Pettersson kid's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, he might be okay. I mean, Pavel Bure was all right, I suppose, wasn't he? I've heard of him. I've heard of him. He wasn't bad. So not quite as good as his brother, but he'll, he'll do. God, you've got a good point there. You know, people right? look at this. It's the McDavid Taylor Hall Nathan McKinnon thing last year, isn't it? Like, yes. so what if Patterson's really good? The Canucks are still shit. And, and Rose Binnington. Yeah, Rose Binnington's dragged that team into the playoffs, into the playoff places. Ah, oh, Christ. Yep. <sighs> I mean, it's not what I want. I want Patterson to win it. I mean, point per game in your in your rookie season is just incredible. No matter how old you are, he's he's been electric. His his emergence has changed the the sort of trajectory for for the immediate future for the Canucks. Oh yeah, completely, completely. He was always expected to be a good player, but I mean, the way that he's come out straight away is just yeah, incredible. It's crazy that a guy who was taken fifth overall. If he carries on this trajectory, in a couple of years will be. Can you believe they got him fifth? <laughs> it wasn't oh, yeah. like. Can you believe he dropped to fifth? Like fifth overalls, not exactly, you know, hundred twenty seventh. But people are going to be like, he was fifth overall. I can't believe it. Why was he taken first? Yeah, he's amazing. Although he has got that tough second album to come out, that tough second book. It'll be the second season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the old um, does next year. The old sophomore slump and that, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Um, we will see. Yeah, I, I, I think it's hard to go from point per game in your rookie season at age 20 to dropping off to being a not very good player. So hopefully he doesn't shock so. us in that regard as well. Yeah, totally, totally. I guess we'll talk about this. The came out that Washington Capitals are going to go to the White House. Against those two stars. Smith Belly carried Spiezo off. Puck comes on back. Orpik through one around it. Devontae Smith-Pelly has tied the game! 
beats Marc-Andre Fleury. <laughs> this, might, this might seem crazy. I might be way off here. But is this super late to... Is this super late to be going to the White House? I mean, like, I was thinking this the other day for the team that's based in Washington. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I understand it for other teams. It's like, oh, when are we, you know, when are we on the road in, in Washington? Yeah. Essentially, they're, they're going to go sort of 10 days before the season finishes. And we get to the, we get to the playoffs. And now they're going to parade the cup around. But I... I read on Twitter before we came on. It's not going to be. It's not going to be a full ceremony. It's literally going to be just a private tour, and then a meeting with Trump, and that's it. Yeah, that's they're, they're, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, all, all yeah. they've done there is tried their hardest to ensure there's going to be no photo evidence of it happening, so that history yeah. will admonish them. Unlike the Penguins, yeah, I don't think that's going to fly. Do you think, with it being this late on, do you think they're being made to go? That it's taken this long for them and the league, whoever at the league decide would decide this kind of thing, mm. to sort it out. Do you think they've been putting it off all year, thinking maybe <laughs> like your homework? Maybe they'll just forget about it. Maybe they won't make us go. Maybe they just don't remember us winning. I, because they I don't think. Because the other teams haven't gone. Have like Golden State didn't go. The Eagles didn't go. And a couple of players have already come out and said, "Well, like Brett Conley said, I'm not going because he's good friends with DSP." Which is, I'm all here for that. Brett Connolly said, I'm not going. Love that move. Friendship, man. Bros before... It'd be uh, bros before schmoes, Dan. Bros before schmoes. There we go. Bros before schmoes. The king, king schmo. King orange bad hair schmo. It, it feels to me like they're being... It feels like to me they're being strong-armed into it in some way. I, I think quite the opposite, to be honest. I think they're going this late in the hope that it just gets lost in the news around this time. Like, you know, there's... They're hoping that there'll be more important things for the hockey world to focus on. I certainly hope that they don't, that they're not, you know, they haven't gotten away with it so far, but... See, I find it... But then wouldn't you have gone earlier in the season just to get it over and done with? Because if you... Because you're just, you're just letting yeah. it linger, aren't you? You're just letting it... You're just letting time keep going and, and then you go, oh, we've got to go at some point. We've got to go at some point. It's like, wouldn't you have just... If you, if you were going to go anyway... Like you say, like you say, it's like across the road. You can probably see the White House from like some of their houses. Like, which we'll go now? Fuck it. That's all right. Let's just pop over. Let's just pop in. Let's just knock on and see if Trump's in. So to me, it just seems like, well, at some point, you've, the league have said, you know what? All right, that's it. Now you've got to go. You can't not go. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar enough with the situation. Like, I don't know about like Leonsis's um, personal politics or anything like that. And, I hope they're strong armed into it because that that'd be nice. But at the same time, there's not there's not been any sort of underhanded press release saying, you know, oh, the Capitals will be fulfilling their duties to meet the president or anything like that. Like there's the fact that they're trying to sweep it under the rug just reeks a little bit of a yeah. We know people aren't going to like it, but we're going anyway. I suppose. I suppose. I guess, but it, it just feels odd that it's still a thing that you. That they have to go because the penguins, the sort of the penguins went in October after they won the cup last time, and I, and obviously there was a whole furore about that that they went and did the whole thing, and that was at the height of Trump's, should we say, issues. Whereas the issues are still there now, but it's kind of everyone's just kind of realised now that that's how he is and that's what's going on. And whereas when the penguins went, it was more a case of oh my god, I can't believe they're going. This is a disgrace. Blah blah blah. Where it doesn't seem to be that now. I wonder if that's because Trump's been in there for so long 
people are almost just kind of stuck in the mud and accustomed to him in some way. I don't know. Much uh, much like um, Elias Pettersson's bid for the Calder Trophy. <laughs> I guess... I guess you can put it like that. You make a fantastic point. <laughs> what, what I'm essentially trying to say is Pettersson is uh, the Donald Trump of the Vancouver Canucks. Of course, of course. Brock Besser's his pence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? I'm sorry, Elias. I'm sorry, Brock. That's that's a terrible thing to say. We should take. I'm taking that back immediately. I'm taking that back. You should take it back too. No, I refuse to. Oh, God damn it. Okay. The players poll came out, literally no surprises, just as boring as usual. Connor's great. All the players are too lazy to think of someone else for the best goalie other than Carey Price. Marshawn's not the, even the best goalie. I know. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. I know. I know. That's why it's so boring. Marshawn's the best and worst trash talker. PK should be a team analyst. Great. Just so exciting. I need... I We need a change. And I feel as though... If we had more pull on the show, more gravitas, I would love to send out questionnaires that players could fill in um, anonymously with questions such as who would you not want to meet down a dark alley late at night when they were drunk? Or which player is most likely to steal money out of your, out of your locker? That kind of thing. <laughs> just, get, just get some real answers. Instead of fucking, who's a good player? I think this guy's a good player. God almighty, could you be any more dull? I d- the one I hated the most was um, Crosby for GM. No, yeah, <laughs> Crosby's not going to be a good GM. Like you can, you can just tell for a fact. In the same way, Wayne wasn't a good coach. Uh, Mario didn't even try and be a GM. Uh, Phil Esposito wasn't a particularly good GM. Like the yeah. the list goes on. Yeah, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of it. And, and, and like you say, it's just boring. Especially where it's exactly the same as the NHL one that was done, however many weeks ago. It's just so pointless. And it's the same answers every year because players just can't be arsed thinking. Who's the best goalie? I don't know. Kerry Price? That'll do. Like, fucking hell. You need better questions. Who would you start a franchise with? Conor McDavid? No shit. Yeah, of course no you shit. Would. Of course you would. That's the answer. He's amazing. He's a, like, he's so young and he's just, he's fabulous. Like, you know, like f- 5% of people picked... I don't know, fucking Kucherov or something. All right, great. At least you're trying to think out of the box a little bit. Maybe you're thinking about cap hits and all that kind of thing. All right. Think out of the bit. box by picking the player who scored the most points this year. Dude, when when some like 6% of the people pick Connor, picking Kucherov is outside the box. <laughs> at, least, to, at least it's a bit different. To be fair to these players, at least they're not still just stuck on Sid and they're like, well, we'll see what this <laughs> David guy does. I wonder how many pick Gretzky. Jesus. <laughs> I'd, I'd like you know, to one see... Of them did. An addition of like, oh, yeah, who's the, who's the best player in the league, or who would you start a team with? And like, I don't know how many players there are, like seven hundred and fifty or whatever. There's seven hundred and fifty different answers, and they all pick themselves. <laughs> there was the other one as well. Was um, oh, Christ, what was the other question now that really just was really? St- oh, who's the most who's underrated that? player? Sasha Barkov. It... No, he's not. Yes. <laughs> he can't not. be the most underrated player for the fifth year in a row, or something like that. In, in, across all across the entire board, like every single yeah. time you ask, no matter who's being asked or when you're asking, oh yeah, Sasha Barkov. Yeah, Sasha Barkov, the guy who two weeks ago had five assists in one game, totally underrated. No one's ever heard of him. The God Almighty, he's pulling out highlight reel goals every single night. And... <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. 
It's ridiculous. I think during the off season, what we'll try and do is we'll try and get some of our own questions that we should ask for we'll the players. Send them out. Do you know what? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Do you know what? Yeah, we're going to email out. We're going to email out and see. We're going to try and get. We're going to try and get the team emails or something. It's all on the internet. Well, we can find it, and we're going to send out some ridiculous questions for players to answer. Because you never know. We might get a couple of replies, dude. If we got one reply, it would be it would be amazing news. Like, um, instead of if you build it, they will come. If you ask it, they will answer. Yeah, if you ask it, they will answer. Try and catch them in the offices as well, where they're like, they're drunk by the pool or just lying on the beach with their woman bored. Like, oh, fucking watch this email. Oh, which player scares me the most? Oh, okay, this guy. <laughs> like, reply here. Okay, you never know. Dad, with, um, with all, uh, all due respect, if I was drunk by the pool, I wouldn't want to reply to your answers, let alone if I was Alex Ovechkin and drunk by a pool. I wouldn't want to... Yeah, you know, reply to your questions. I can't argue with that either, but I feel like it's fishing. We cast the line out, we might get a bite. You never know. You never know. You've uh, you've uh, a wise man once said, "You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Dan." Exactly. Exactly. So we're gonna do it. For what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna aim for the for the stars and hit the moon, or maybe a street light. But if we get, dude, if we got one reply, it would just make my year. Just as <laughs> for the stupid questions I'm going to ask. And, and the one reply is like Tanner Glass saying, yeah, I'll choose Conor McDavid to start my franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're not, gonna ask, we're not going to ask those stupid questions. What one player would you not want to start a franchise with? There you go. <laughs> That's a question. What one player would you hate to start a franchise with? Let's find out what they say. Which player on your own team would you not trust around your wife or your girlfriend? That's another good one. <laughs> oh, Pat- Patrick Sharp's retired now, so that one's a bit redundant. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe. If you were in a gay relationship, who would you want to be in a gay relationship with? I, fucking, I bet hockey players love that question, wouldn't they? Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, nobody. I'm not gay. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> All right, calm down. Steady on, Brad, or anyone else. Anyone else? Exactly. Well, what's what's happened to the Buffalo Sabers? What what's happened, Dad, is um they've improved slightly over where they where they were last year and the year before yeah. and the year before that. Yeah. Um, but they're still fundamentally not a particularly good team and uh, a team that doesn't have a second line uh, and a bunch of other things and a team that has you know only two good defensemen, one of which is a rookie, a team who's other young phenom centre has not turned out to be much of a phenom at least at this stage of the game the reason I ask is because I you mentioned you mentioned Ben Bishop last week who now owns the is it the Stars all time franchise record for, for shutouts like for shutout streak no oh shutout streak yeah not shutouts total though no 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 it was shutout He's streak not, wasn't it like 200 and, 240 minutes or something before he got injured uh, yeah he went over three games without conceding the goal <laughs> which uh, outdid uh, young Eddie Belfort that's mad. And then it was, the, the, the Coyotes are back in the hunt because Darcy Kemp has suddenly become, an, you know, he's a 9.35 save percentage goalie. When the Sabres were playing awesome, they had a hot goalie. Linus Hallmark was, had, his own, had his own crazy win streak at the start of the season. But now him and Carter Hutton, both at 8.92 over three months, in which time the Sabres are 10.19-3. And, and they've been outscored... 
over 30, 31, 32 games, it's not terrible. They've been outscored 118 to 85, which which is a lot of one goal or empty net difference games. But as we were talking about the other week, and we mentioned in the class before, you've got to have a hot goalie. The teams that are back in the race now, like the Stars and the Coaties, their goalies are suddenly playing really well. So if you can win a game to... Because the, 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 Sabre, the Sabres had three scoreless games in a row, which is crazy in hockey. To not score in three consecutive games, to me, is just bizarre. Unacceptable is what it is. Yeah, completely. But if you've got a goalie, like the Stars, had for some reason Ben Bishop became the big green monster, suddenly decides, well, that's it now. I'm not conceding any goals. Well, yeah, you can squeak a 1-0 or a 2-0. It, you know, then you you know you can pick up your two points here and there. It makes a difference. It's um, it's not even about uh, having an incredible goalie to make the playoffs. If you get league average goaltending across an entire season, where we stand at the moment, you're going to be in the playoffs. Absolutely, league average, absolutely. League average being 16 out of 31. That'll that'll get you in. They've uh, they've just had diabolical goaltending. Yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of song and dance being made of the fact that they could end up with both a 10-game winning streak and a 10-game losing streak in the same season. Yeah. But, and that being part of their issue. But like it happened for Philadelphia last year and they still made the playoffs. So it's... Did they? Or am I making... <laughs> I can't remember now. Yeah, they did because it was last year because yeah. Radko Gudis tried to... Oh, yeah, he um, killed... Um, Cripple Sean Couture, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I knew, I knew I wasn't making that much up. Um, because he is the Gudis of Thrones. And and this is this is the thing. It hasn't, you know, Carter uh, Carter Hutton hasn't worked out as well as they want to, and, and Linus Allmark just isn't quite ready for starting duties. So it's they're making incremental improvements, I think. So I, if they hadn't had that, if if those ten wins they got to start the season had been spread out a little bit, I think Sabres fans would still be quite happy. But to have a ten game winning streak to start the season really, really upsets expectations. Especially when you know they've just signed, they've they've got quite a few new players, new GM, and all that nonsense. I just think like it's it's unfortunate that, that it's it's gone down this way because because they're doing all right. They're not doing great, but they're doing all right. And I like was pay... step in the right step in the right direction. I, I, yeah, I agree. The expectation was lifted at the start of the season, wasn't it? And now it's dropped off a bit. People have sort of thrown questions here, here, there, and everywhere, and. Another question would be, if you're the Sabres, do you pay to keep hold of Jeff Skinner? And if so, how much? How much is the question? I think it, I would... What's your top end? If you say to the Sabres, yeah, if you say to the Sabres, this is the absolute max we will go, What what is that for you, for Jeff Skinner? Eight. Yeah. Eight, I think. I, don't, I mean, I'm not... That's a lot of money. For what is effectively a fifty-five point a game, a point a point a season player, but um, he's on. I mean, he's on. Eight. He's on course for his best. He is on. If he can carry on the way he has, he'll be on course for his best season ever, or he'll at least match it. I think he had sixty-three points a couple of years ago in Carolina, and he's on fifty-nine at the moment. So I think, yeah, if if we factor in the fact that um, you know, you're paying for the fact that. Skinner clearly has something with Eichel, like they're doing well together, and you want to pay to keep that. 
And if yeah. you consider the fact that you might be paying a little bit more to entice him to stay on a team that isn't necessarily where it could be, then yeah, eight is where I'd want to pay. Any more than that, I'd reluctantly let him walk. To be honest, I would still, I wouldn't be happy to give him eight. I'd want to give him close to seven, as long as he's making less than Leon Drysdale. Well, that's all right. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not even like a dig at Leon Drysdale. No, yeah, it's like that's no because you think like Drysdale playing with McDavid, point per game player, absolutely incredible player. Skinner is a similar sort of idea with Eichel, but he's not as young and he's not as productive. So. Yeah, but then, as I mentioned before, with Dryside, like you're paying him all that money to be a guy who can't run his own line for eight and a half million. He should be running his own line. But no, I don't. I don't. Stri- I think Dryside's worth his money. It's just again the the expectations are, are wrong. We're assuming that Dryside can run his own line just because he's putting up a bunch of points. If he was, you know, if he was listed on AHL.com as a right winger rather than a centre. He's one of the best right wingers in the game at the moment. Yeah, whether he's playing with McDavid or not, so he's he's worth that money. Like, oh, well, how, well, <clears throat> hang on, go back, go back. Do so you think he's, you think if he's listed as a right winger, I get your first point. I get what you're saying. If he's listed as a right winger, he's playing on Connor's, you know, on the right winger Connor. He puts loads of points. That's fine. But if you take him away from Connor, he's not one of the best right wingers in the game, is he? He's only that good because he's with Connor. Well, all right. By by that um, by that sentiment, what about Mitch Marner? I think Mitch Marner's really good anyway. I I I, I God, yeah, but, if you said to me, if you said to me, you can, you can have Mitch Marner. It's one of those things where you're you're just going to say something, and I'm going to think I'm not like an idiot. <laughs> I was trying to think of a figure that I could <laughs> attach to Mitch Marner. You could have Dryside eight and a half, not with Connor, just eight and a half in your team, or you can have Mitch Marner for this number. I got. I, if you said to me you can have Dreisel at eight and a half, or you can have Mitch Marner at eleven, I would I would take Mitch Marner all day. Okay, but say you put um, say you put Mitch Marner on a line with Zach Cassian and Alex Jason, is he going to produce as much as he has with as he has done with uh, John Tavares? No, but he'll produce at a better rate than Dreisaitl did. Yeah. Yeah, but we haven't got any proof of that. The proof is well is that I have eyes and an opinion, so there. <laughs> this is such anti-German sentiment from you. Um, wow! Oh my god! Oh my god! Are you really going to go there, Will? Oh, are yeah. you really going to go there? It's disgusting, mate. Disgusting. That is dis- you, you are a disgrace. You are a disgrace to our Anglo-Deutsch relations. I apologise to all our to all our German listeners, dude. <laughs> Dude, so we, I fucking, we, I, I spent like admit that Leon Dreisaitl is in fact the best player in the NHL. Yeah, well, he's no Dennis Seidenberg, but you know, I don't. I, I mean, I'm more of a Christian Ehrhoff kind of guy myself. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Look, I'm not saying I'm not saying Dreisaitl is not a good player. He's clearly he plays in NHL. We've talked about this before. Anyone who plays in the NHL is a good player. Okay, he's Dreisaitl is a good player, but dude, but he's, what, he's, he's no he's no Mitch Marner. He's no Jeff Skinner. <laughs> I'd, I'd tell you that. I just, I don't know. For, for eight and a half million, for eight and a half million, he's got to produce way more than he does with his own line. He's got to drive. You, you sign Lean Drysaddle. You sign Drysaddle to eight and a half million. The idea is not we're going to pay this guy eight and a half million 
to skate alongside Connor and pick up all his awesome passes. That's not the plan, is it? The plan is we sign this guy for eight and a half million, he's going to drive a line, and then we're going to have two really good lines. One amazing line, hopefully, and then one really good line. How much would you pay Miko Rantanen? Oh, God. See, we're getting into it now because there's so many there's so many coming up this year, isn't there, that are just going to be like, what would you pay them? It's the same difference. Like, Leon drives like 91 points in 73 games, and you're saying that's not worth eight and a half million? Not when he's playing with the best player in the game. Not, and that's not why he was signed. He was signed to produce his own line. He was signed to produce on his... He's not a right winger. He's playing on the right wing because but with he, Connor because he can't play with anyone else. But he, He's not yeah, playing on the right wing because he's a great right winger. With. There's nobody else to play with. So just because he's not like Sidney Crosby and he can't just drag up any old AHL call-up and make him into a 50-point player, he's not worth eight and a half million which is soon to be less than 10% in the cap for 91 points. You can't... Okay, this is going to be... This is going to get amazing uh, consternation from yourself. Those 91 points are not a real 91 points. (laughs) Now, let me explain that for a second. Let me explain that. I know what you're getting at. Yeah. Dude, (laughs) we've said before, you put Will Everett from fucking somewhere near Norwich on Connor's right wing. Mate, you're scoring 20 points a season. Easy. For, like now. <laughs> you'd, you'd be fine. Like, Drysdale getting 91 points. I get what you're saying. I get what... I do understand what you're saying. And they they got... They, they paid him that money to be a player who can produce on his own. Now, Mitch what? Marner is, is... Mitch Marner's in that position he's in because that's just the position he's in. And if then if they move if now if something happens and they decide to put Marn say the Leafs decide say the Leafs all these young Leafs players end up blossoming they're all amazing and they can essentially have three first lines that's how good this team is like they go crazy and the next couple of years it all develops Babcock fucks off Cranville's in it's all amazing the Dubas plan comes together and you and now you've got three first lines essentially if Mitch Marn is on a line on his own without two of the guys and he's shit then I'll home then fine that's a bad that's then bad I, I just feel that they're, they're not 91 real points are they but and it's, how, again it's go on go on you're sorry. talking out both sides of your mouth mate how can you say that all of Marner's points are real when he's playing with John Tavares who granted isn't on the same level as Conor McDavid but he's still a very 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 good centre and and then say that Dreisaitl was not I just, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I'm just gobsmacked. But we've already seen we've already seen Marner do it without John Tavares. We've already seen Marner do it. Well, do, do what? Like, have a have a sixty point season playing with with uh, Nazem Kadri. Sixty points playing alongside Nazem Kadri is better than ninety one playing with Conor McDavid. No, it's not. No, Absolutely, it is absolutely not. You are. You're, you're saying you're saying the difference between Nazem Kadri and Conor McDavid is only worth thirty points. No, that's what, what you're I'm, saying. What I'm getting at is you can't. <laughs> you're mad. You're mad. You, can't, you cannot compare Nazem Kadri to the quality of player that Drysdale has to play with outside of Connor. Especially considering that Nugent Hopkins often spends a lot of his time with um, Connor if Drysdale was not there. Nazem Kadri is a thirty goal scorer. 
Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but like... <laughs> and, and it, he's got 91 points playing with Connor. Mitch Marner has 61 points, or whatever it was, playing with Kadri. Okay? If you put Marner in Drysaddle's position, he'd have 191 points. <laughs> if you put Drysaddle, and this is right, I've got you now. If you put Drysaddle <laughs> in Marner's position with Kadri, he'd have 31 points. <laughs> you are such a prick. Fucking <laughs> Dan Masters from fucking Windsor, Ontario. <laughs> oh, man. dude I, hey maybe it's because maybe it's cause I, like I said I'm a huge Mana fan I think he's I, I love him I think he's a, such a good player I think he's amazing and I don't think that Drysaddle's a terrible player but he's not eight and a half million pounds worth of player for oh, me mate. every every time you say it it gets me more angry to um, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to round off this, he's playing with Connor McDavid. I don't I understand. Don't, I don't. He's playing with Connor McDavid. Yeah, but of course he's going to get loads of points. Look at the oh my god! Look at the other players who have played on Connor McDavid's wing this season, and how many points? It's not like every single player on the Oilers roster has got a hundred points. Okay, to clarify. Clearly, Drysidle is way better than those other scrubs. I'm not saying he's not, but that's not why they pay him that money. They expect him to produce on his own to make other players on his la- his other pl- his right wing and his left wing because he's a centre. They expect him to be able to go on his own line and play and make those players around him play a bit better. The same they expect Connor to do. Now, this is the problem. Obviously, is it because that team's so mismanaged? There is no way Connor can make that pile of fucking Triceratops shit from Jurassic Park into a good team. It's not possible because those players are so bad. If <laughs> so, if Drysider was making eight and a half million as a second line centre, and he was actually sort of making those players, you know, and he had decent-ish players around him, then the contract would look good. You know what? It's it's down to all this management, isn't it? That's what's caused this whole problem between me and you. It's Oilers yeah. management as usual. Definitely. So you oh. just surrounding <coughs> surrounding shite with shites when in the end they've got no choice but to put so, McDavid and Drysidle together. This is this is absolutely you can't you can't adequately judge Drysidle's um, ability to run his own line when, as you just said, he's surrounded by a pile of Triceratops shit. Yeah, exactly. And if we're saying that Conor McDavid can't turn Triceratops shit into into gold, then how the hell is Leon Drysdale going to be expected to do it? <laughs> yeah, we're both right and both I'm wrong. D- <laughs> no, <we're not> both- <laughs> we are not both right. There is only one of us that's right. Well, I'm, it's very big of you to admit that, Will. I appreciate the uh, sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those occasions where I just wish we had like four hundred thousand listeners, and I could just put a poll out and saying, "All right, who's craziest here, me or Will?" Because I'm a, and here's the thing. Iron Man would admit he was wrong. And if it came back that everyone was like, Daniel, you're fucking crazy, I'd be like, oh, all right, then, fair enough. Yeah, clearly I was madly off here. But I just think, oh, you know, let's not go into it again. Let's just stop. Right. <laughs> we, as, as we've had a bit more interaction from our lovely fans over the last couple of weeks, and thank you very much for everyone who's reached out. Um, yeah, cheers, for, guys. For whatever reason, if you're listening, please, 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 if this is the last thing you do to support this podcast... <laughs> 
explain to Dan why it's so fucking wrong. <laughs> and if you can, if it's the last thing you do, as you're hanging off a cliff with one hand and you have your phone in the other hand and you're thinking, I should probably ring an ambulance or the police or somebody's going to help me. Before you do that, just fire off a quick tweet to Will and say, Will, you absolute madman. That <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl is nowhere near worth it, like 80 and a half million a year. <laughs> can we, can we just right. do one last little exercise how many players on the Oilers currently have 60 points or more oh god <laughs> well in, <laughs> I'm going to say two <laughs> McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, no three so Nugent Hopkins has got 60 oh of course I've got about R&H how many, how many players any position have 50 points or more so we've got those three how many other players have, have 50 points or more Four. So those three and one other. Uh, no. No other player has 50 points or more. Still three. How many How many players outside of those three have 40 points or more? Still three. It's still three. How many forwards... Oh, sorry, how many, how many players have 30 points or more outside of those right. three? Still three? Uh, no. Two, two other players... Have, ah, okay. uh, one player is 35 and uh, the other player has 33 how many of those two extra players are forwards zero no a big fat one Alex Jason ah, okay. having a career year goal oh, of course wise. God, yeah of course Alex Jason yeah of course of course how can you not I say mean, you can prove anything with facts well yeah, easily <laughs> with, and with pleasure I, d- I feel like we should move on because we're going to be here all night it's like Reeves versus Wilson uh, oh, versus Marner. Um, How do these things happen? What are we even talking about? <laughs> All the Sabres. <laughs> Fucking Sabres. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff Skinner. It's all your fault in your free agency. <laughs> <laughs> so just to round off, well, you think about 8 million, yeah? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't pay any more than 8 million. Can I, can I just... um? do my best Elliot Friedman impression and break a little bit of news which is not going to be oh, breaking shit. it might be might be breaking for you there Dan <clears throat> um, yeah please do tonight on I've lost it bloody Twitter TSN 1050 some sort of radio station in Ottawa Ontario yeah uh, oh yeah here we go oh no sorry it's on the on the Fan 590 with Bob McCown on primetime sports at 6.30 Eastern Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick will join the aforementioned oh. Bob McCowan. Oh. <laughs> yes. Okay, 10.50 Ottawa time. What time is that for us? That's way too late, six, isn't it? 6.30. 6.30 Ottawa time. So that is... 6.30 Ottawa time, so... In an hour and a oh half. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Well, I know what I'm doing with my evening. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's more worth staying up for than the games are. Oh, yeah. I'm going to... Dude, I'm going to treat myself as I'm going to get sexy with it as well. Gonna put some light mood light on, maybe some candles. Run yourself get a glass of wine. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Just listen to the the dulcet tones of Eugene Melnick coming in my ears. <laughs> well, what we're gonna do, oh. Bob, is we're gonna trade Brady Kachuk. Yeah, and then we're gonna move the team to a swamp outside <laughs> of Florida. The thinking behind taking Eric Brandstrom in the Mark Stone deal was he's going to make amazing trade bait in 10 years when we decide to get rid of him after pissing him off completely. In favour for Eunice Donskoy. 
<laughs> he was scratching a bobblehead and he didn't even on, on bobblehead night and he didn't even care. That's how much of a team player he is. That's what that we're is, looking for here. That's the kind of character we're looking to build in the Senators dressing room. Absolutely. Oh God. Speaking of the Sens, after the Leafs game, did you see the the Zach Smith interview? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So add this to the list of things we're going to put in a book one day. So after the game, obviously the Sens beat the Leafs six two, an, an unbelievable result. The Sens were playing on home ice. Very important factor. I'll remember that the Sens were playing on home ice. So the reporter said to Zach Smith, "How do you feel you?" You know, managed to shut down the Leafs that that early on, and Zach Smith said we did a really good job taking the crowd out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the beauty of that is that wasn't even a slip. I know <laughs> he meant it. He meant every word. <laughs> Just need to shut that's him up for amazing. a minute. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> oh mate, he's a gift that keeps on giving this year, Zach Smith, isn't it? I know. Yeah, after he's been sent on waivers and everyone was. That was what started off my Mr. Intangible thing, you know, because he was good in the room. And I said I thought there was something to it, that players sometimes should be involved in a team even if they're not producing on the ice because they can help lift the dressing room. Zach Smith started it. He's a trendsetter, is what he is. He's, a, he's a, an incredible asset to that team. Absolutely. Last thing I wanted to mention this week was there was a couple of reports coming out about uh, Capo Caco breaking Ooh. Sasha Barkov's record no. for... Most of yeah. player in, in the history of the game. <laughs> in the history of the game. You heard it you heard it here first in five years' time when Capo Caco wins five years in a row must underrated player in the players' poll opinion. No, he's um broke the goal scoring record for a first time draft eligible player this week that was Sasha Barkov's record. And suddenly, very interestingly, people are now wondering about taking uh Capo number one over Jack Hughes. Ooh. There's, I, I feel like that's sort of been floated a little bit this year, um, but oh, I don't know. It's a bit like, um, it's a bit like Matthew's line A again. I think like teams are always going to default for the for the centre over the winger, no matter how good the goal scoring winger is, because centres are automatically viewed as better two way players, and then subsequently a player you can build your team around, etc., etc. Because this team just doesn't value goals as much as it should. Yeah. Jack Hughes, uh, to be fair to Jack Hughes, he's hardly having a bad season. I think it was just the fact that he didn't compete. There's a couple of tournaments he missed, wasn't there? But he's close to breaking um, Clayton Keller's USN TDP record as well. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, he's no. only something like eight, seven, seven, eight points away, something like that. Hardly a shrinking violet. Absolutely not. No matter, you know, either of those players are going to be fantastic. But yeah, I think I think Hughes is still going to go number one without a doubt. The only thing that gave me pause for thought, not for my opinion, but for some of the old-timer GMs. I'm just going to list their heights and weights, Will. And if you can see what I'm getting at here, then please, by all means, jump in. I feel like Jack- I might already have an idea, but hit me with the facts there, Dan. Yeah, Jack Hughes, 5'10", 168 pounds. Capo Caco, 6'2", 190. Oh. You know... You know for a fucking fact those old-timey GMs are going to be looking at those stats, looking at Jack Hughes, looking at Capo Caco, saying, well, one of these guys looks like a man. The other one looks like my fucking daughter. I, um, I can, don't know if you You can see it happening, them. can't you? Go on. You, well, you can't teach size. You can't teach size. I mean, to be fair, the fact that Capo Caco's 6'2", 190 already is fucking terrifying. 
to me as a human being just on the earth. Is he, because is he still 17 scary. or is he hit 18 yet? <laughs> Does it matter? He's still a kid. That's terrifying. I mean, that's pretty big. I mean, as a, as, a, as a man who's six foot and roughly 130 pounds, yeah, that's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the other way. As a man who's five foot nine and 170, I'm uh, I'm also a bit intimidated by Mr. Kako. It's, it's such a weird thing how like perfectly decently sized people in in the real world are like undersized for the NHL. Like, dude, you just know, you just know they're gonna look at him and be like, "Well, look at him. look at the look at the size of him. He's huge, and he's skillful. Yeah, that, and that's he scores the interesting goals. thing. Like, like Line is a big big boy, but like Matthews was big too, and still is. Funnily enough, he hasn't. He hasn't revealed himself to be uh, two different prospects in a big trench coat. Um, yeah, or Benjamin Button. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that 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 would be a real test. I still think that that the positional difference will uh, will win out come draft time. But we will find out. We will find out, Dan. Do you subscribe to taking the best player available? Or oh, yeah, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, like. Even, even so if you're the if, Penguins, just for like, just for because obviously they've got two ridiculous. Centers. If you're the Penguins, for example, are you still taking Jack Hughes and then dealing with it afterwards? Yeah, if I think if I think Jack Hughes is is the best player available, no just take him. Is, yeah, take him because because as you joked with Eric Brandstrom, they become better trade bait down the down the line. Yeah, totally. Yeah, good point. Yeah, if they get to a point where they don't say yeah, say the Penguins did take Jack Hughes some crazy way. They then have three centres to choose from. Well, two, really, Hughes or Malkin. Either way, you're going to get a great return. Whereas if they think, oh, we're a bit thin at left wing, let's take a, a left winger who, you know, not... It's it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because say, say it is this one with Hughes and Kako and your scouts have them both listed at the basically equal, like close enough to equal that there's, you're splitting hairs, really, then take a positional need. Because if you, like we said a couple of weeks ago, yeah, if you if you've got the choice between any elite players, like take the one that you need rather than the one that you already have, because then that's going to yeah. bolster your team. But yeah, if it's sort of oh, there's a there's an elite centre. I've already got centres, but there's a good winger. Take the centre and, and trade him on. Agreed. I was just trying, I was trying to I was looking down the the, um, the standings, looking at any teams who would not. Not that they wouldn't need Jack Hughes, but would there be a situation where they would look and go, "Well, we're clearly going to take Kako first, But like any 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 team have already got any depth at centre are in the post are going to be in the postseason anyway because obviously that's, they don't need that help, do they? So yeah. that's exactly it. And even teams like sorry, I'm just having a little look myself. Say say a team like Florida, like they've got a fantastic one two one two punch in Barkov and. Um, and Trocek, it's the sort of thing where, like you say, they've not been good enough to drag them into the postseason. And then most of the time, if you can knock Trocek down to 3C or have Jack Hughes as your third centre, you're going to be laughing, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're getting closer to the Colorado sweepstakes. Oh, mate, I'm more buzzing for that than the playoffs. I will say one thing about Kako and Hughes is if we're looking at players and nicknames for tanking, then Kako takes it. Because being crapo for Kako is way better than lose for Hughes. Oh yeah, definitely. 
Crap up for Kako is perfect. I think even Kako for Kako is uh, it works, doesn't it? <laughs> Kako for oh my god, I never even thought of that. I never even thought of that. The most oh, cack Christ. team in the NHL gets to get Capo Kako Kako Get more cack. <laughs> if, if there's one thing this ne- this team league needs is uh is more cack. <laughs> it's a big, a big old pile of six foot two cack. <laughs> to, to oh, spend dear. all of your cap on cack. Thank you. There you go. There you go. Oh my God, that's the headline when he signs his massive deal. Huge capo for caco. <sighs> Look at that. We got there in the end. That was beautiful. Then you say that he's not worth it because he's scored 100 points playing on Nathan McKinnon's line. But that's... Um... Don't do it. You always do this. You're like a woman. You leave it festering for a few days, and you're like, "Oh, one another thing." You're like, "Wait, what? What did I do?" Oh, Just that. So okay. Know. Yeah, I'm not forgotten. I can't <laughs> wait to have this argument about Capo Caco in five years. Ah, uh, let's not. All right, man versus coin flip. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Call it. A, f- a fabulous week last week because I went and listened back to the show. It was hilarious that the two games I picked at the start, I picked Hawks-Leafs, and you said, no, I'm not going to do it. I said I was going to go Chalk-Leafs, and then the Hawks won. And then I picked Sens-Blues, and you said, oh, you motherfucker, you always pick games that make me doubt myself, but I'm not going to. Blues. And then the, <laughs> and then the Sens won. Which is even it was more fabulous. to think you're just an arsehole. <laughs> yeah, it was fabulous. But a good week, Will, for both. It's 45-all. You're still drawing. Oh, mate, more, the more Canadians than the league itself, I think. I know, I know. The Canadians Flyers game last night was, the, uh, or the night before, was the game that was on the line because it would have been that the coin had a two point lead if the Flyers had won, but you picked the Canadians, so they won. You're okay. So it's level all forty five each. So this week, Preds versus Penguins. I'm, uh, I'm going to go. Oof, that's a hard one. I was going to say I'm going to go chalk again and hope that I get. League average goaltending and uh, and squeaking. <laughs> Preds Penguins. Penguins. Okay. Stars Avs. Oh Avs. Wait, where where is it? Is it in Dallas or Colorado? I forget. Oh, I don't know. I would no, guess. I'd, I'd guess Colorado. I've just Avs got a double check. Oh, the, oh, look at a... you now. Look at you now. Now you're paying attention, aren't you? Now you're the, interested. This is oh yeah, yeah. Is in is it in Colorado? I hate the way that these are set up. If it's second, if it's second, it's in Colorado. Yes, because it's the Stars at the Abs. But yeah, but it says versus on this one, so it's all. I'm just looking at Google. Sorry. Um, no, it's it's in Dallas. It's in Dallas. So I'm gonna go Stars. Ah. Oof. Okay. Makes a a big difference. Makes a big difference. I tell you. All right. In the battle for Snoop Dogg's affection, King's Ducks. <laughs> the winner gets Snoop. Um, it's got to be the Ducks. Ducks, okay. Um, Euler Sens. Oh, you... You... Oh, wow. I've got to stand by it. 5.9 for Leon Dreisaitl, and he's uh, going to lead the lead the, uh, the Oilers past the Sens. Of course he is. What a player. And then Lightning Bruins. Ooh... Tampa Bay, obviously. Obviously. Interesting choices there. Okay, okay. Let's see where that goes. Okay, cheers, folks. Thank you for listening this week, as always. 
If you want to get in touch with us on Twitter to tell Will why he's wrong, you can. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at? W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. And at Two Brits One Puck, number two, number one. Will, any last words? My my last words are going to come in the form of a series of questions to you, Dan. Oh, fucking hell. All right, go on. So it's a simple, yeah, it's a, your, your own version of, of Nav versus Coin Flip. Um, so just okay, pick one, okay. Pick one or the other. <clears throat> Nazem Kadri or Zach Cassian. Is this to play hockey with? Uh, yes, yes, to have okay, a okay. hockey team. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Nazem Kadri. Okay, Nazem Kadri or Alex Cheerson. I don't know if you heard this one, but Cheerson's having a, a career year, so. I'll still go Kadri, though. Oh, that's a good choice. Good choice. Uh, Nazem Kadri or Milan Lucic. You, you're asking a Bruins fan if I'd pick Kadri or Lucic. Yeah, the, the, this this is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> Take care, folks. We'll see you later. Please.